Hello and welcome to Watch What Crappens, a podcast for all that crap we just love to talk about on your bras. I'm Ronnie. That's Ben over there. Hi, Ben. Hi, how's it going? Good. How's everything going with you? Oh my God, it's so great. I'm so excited for today's episode. <laughs> yes, today is a very, very special episode because we have television producer, king of all reality TV, and president of Kingdom Rain Entertainment and host of his own new podcast, Mr. Carlos King. Hello, Carlos. Hi, boys. How's it going? Great, thanks. And also a new TV show host. You have a late night TV show coming to own, right? Like next week. Yeah, it's called The Nightcap with Carlos King. It debuts on the Oprah Winfrey Network on Saturday, May 14th at 10 o'clock. And then, yes, I have a podcast called Reality with the King. And you guys know this. The podcast world is super fun. I'm having the time of my life doing it. So I'm honored, though, to be on Watch What Happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so cool that you're doing the podcast. We've been listening to it. I just listened to Tamara Judge yesterday, and I listened to the Ebony interview. And I thought what was so interesting is it's more than just an interview show about them, because from you, we learn kind of how these shows are produced. But not only that, like what it takes to be a TV producer, because a lot of people don't really think about the TV production that much. I mean, you guys get blamed for a lot, like the edit or whatever. But, you know, you really show uh, the talent in getting these women to be completely themselves while calling them out in a way that doesn't offend them. Like instead, it kind of makes them explain themselves in a, I don't know, it's, it's pretty cool. I'd really never thought of that side of TV producing. No, it's been fun. So what I love about um, the podcast is the fact that it's an opportunity for listeners to sort of understand uh, behind, you know, the scenes of what happens on these reality shows and hearing it from somebody who is still working um, as an executive producer on reality TV. Obviously, my career spans over many, many seasons, producing Atlanta Housewives in New Jersey, the first two seasons, which I consider the best ones. <laughs> uh, so I, I think the audience appreciates someone who they consider to be an expert in reality TV to sort of talk them um, through the journey of what it takes to be producer, but also help these reality stars articulate their experience to a person who understands them like uh, most people won't. Right. Yeah. And it's also like, you also have, like, even though you are, you know, executive producer, there's still sort of like an element where you kind of also feel like a, like a fan in the best way. Like I was listening to the charade episode and listening to you just like sort of rattle off some of charade's best moments it actually, I listened to it the, on, on Saturday and it got me actually so excited for Atlanta to come back because you, I don't know, like, cause you're both like, you have the, you're not like a jaded, you're not a jaded professional, right? Like you still are like, sort of like us too, you know, like health, no, no, no. Like when you were talking about that and everything, it's just like, <laughs> it's like, yes, Sheree, she's wonderful. She's a national treasure, you know? Yeah. No, listen, I pinch myself, you know what I mean? To be able to wake up every day producing reality television, working with people who I love and, and who I consider to be iconic today, but also just reminiscing with people I work with, like Sheree Whitfield, and to reminisce on our time together, but to also let the world know I'm a 
fan of mm-hmm. this genre. So when I was interviewing Tamara Judge from the Real Housewives of Orange County, we never met. We don't have a relationship. Well, we didn't when I interviewed her. And I am such a fan of hers that what you saw was somebody who also respected her too, but was also fanning out for her. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is she and I talk almost every day after the interview, because again, I think for someone like a Tamara Judge, who's been on reality TV before I was producing reality TV, to know that she has a fan and a producer of my track record, I think is flattering for her too. And now she feels like, oh, I can talk to you about things that you kind of would know what I mean when I say it. And she asked for advice. I give her advice for free. But no, listen, I'm I'm a fan of of reality stars. And this podcast has allowed me to meet people who I'm a fan of. So so there's been so much controversy, especially on the shows that you've worked on. I mean, currently Nene is suing Bravo for Real Housewives of Atlanta stuff. How do you deal with uh, that stuff now that you're more public? You know, like you don't seem like a very shy person. And from what I've heard in your interviews, you pretty much lay it all out on the table. So <laughs> how do you deal with stuff like that? Do you take questions about that? Are people bugging you for question? you know, for answers about that? Because, of course, that was me bugging you for an answer. I know, honey. Produce me. I love it. No, look, I... I will honestly say it's a situation that saddens me because I know all the parties involved and it makes me sad that it got to that level. Um, I have purposely chosen not to get involved because when it's something of that magnitude, I never want to misrepresent people's feelings or misrepresent my experience versus someone else's experience and not just with Nene, but obviously with the other parties involved because I love them all. And it, it, to me, I will say this on record, I've had nothing but a great experience producing the Real Housewives of Atlanta in New Jersey. I, I loved it. The only reason why I left is because I started my production company and I had to focus on building the company but my years spent on that show were the greatest years of my life. And it saddens me that other people may not have had a great experience, but I have purposely not spoken to Nini about it. And I talk to her all the time um, because I do not want to get involved in something that to me, it, it has now, right, turned into mm-hmm. a legal situation. And I've watched too much Law and Order to know you don't put your. <laughs> you do not get illegal. Do not mm-hmm. get any kind of testimony nope. on a phone, okay? No, no. or a podcast, or a podcast. No, I, I, I'm not saying anything. I, I let it be. Those people who are involved, and to be honest with you, um, I'm just I'm praying for all of them to come to a resolution that me and just talk about it and prior to knowing that something was filed i've done interviews about Mimi and andy's relationship and i've gone on record saying i was hopeful that those two would come to amends and i know when Mimi's husband passed away greg lee may he rest in peace andy 
publicly mentioned how he did reach out to her. And I thought that was um, a nice way of them possibly getting back to being the, the, the great friends they were. Because what I've seen with these two eyeballs, honey, they loved each other. They wow. really did. Yeah. Um, I have a question in terms of you being um, sort, sort of going back a little bit. But when um, when you watch these shows, are you able to watch them in the same way? Like, for instance, my cousin, my, my cousin, Carrie, actually works in reality TV, too. And she every time she watches the show, she's like, that was produced. That was produced. That was set up. That was scripted. Like she's always, it's like it's like she's seeing some sort of matrix. Are you able to, like, watch these shows in the same way? You know what's so funny with me? I can spot what your cousin can, the scriptedness, the fakeness, things like that. But it doesn't distract me from enjoying the content, right? Mm. So I'll give a good example. When I watch Selling Sunset. Oh, go get, yes, I'm go. Like, <laughs> I'm like, girl, okay. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, is what we call in the business soft scripting. And right. I don't think I'm saying anything that the creators of the show won't say. Adam DeVillo is a genius. He created The Hills. He's the reason why I'm in reality TV, because I was obsessed with The Hills. And even their series finale was a wink to the audience about, is it scripted? Is it not? We'll never tell. That's his formula on, on a selling sunset. But people buy into it because it's gorgeous. It's glossy. So I watched Selling Sunset and I binge it. I know that some things to me aren't really happening, um, but I can still enjoy a, ch- a show that the Kardashians, you know, there's certain shows where you're sort of like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if that really happened, Kimberly, but we'll go along with the girl. <laughs> oh, right. Well, yeah. Courtney Cox just said in some interview that she had never seen the screen movies and she watched them and now she can't sleep. And she knows that shit was fake. She learned the lines to me in them. So, <laughs> That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What Um, do you think about some of the most uh, controversial stars that left? Because you were one of the storylines in a way, one of the seasons with Phaedra, that whole Phaedra, you know, Phaedra being the one who said that Candy and Todd wanted to give Portia a drug to rape her in the dungeon or whatever. Like the whole thing at the reunion was Phaedra finally being called out on that. Mm-hmm. And you know, being it's like the end of a Scooby Doo, you know, where everyone was like, "It was Phaedra this whole time." <laughs> and um, the rumors swirling around about that was that you were brought into that whole mess at the reunion, and they cut that all. Was that true? So what's funny is if you read Dave Quinn's book, "Not All Diamonds and Rose," they mm-hmm. talk about that moment. Um, I wasn't at the reunion. Um, but I was told, obviously, uh, what was transpiring with uh, my name being brought up in it. And the beauty of everyone talking about it, from Andy to the Bravo executive to the cast members of the show, was the fact that none of them bought it for a second that I would ever do anything like that. Um, yeah. And what was, what's, what's so interesting about bring, being a producer that people don't know is producers get blamed for everything yeah like anything that's nasty disgusting or whatever the case may be we get blamed for it and i think you know people thought like oh see because you know there's no way a 40 something year old degreed professional 
could do that on their own. No way. There has to be like this wizard who, mm-hmm. who can who can hypnotize people to say things and and all of a sudden it comes out months later. You know, I always challenge people to have common sense. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I understand you don't know what I do for a living as a producer. And and because that confusion of not understanding my profession or my role in the show makes you think like anything that is shady or messy, I'm responsible for it. Um, I'm not. I mm-hmm. wish I could tell you that I'm that smart. Unless it's good. I, Unless it's well, good listen, mess. Unless it's good TV. <laughs> listen, what I'm good at is making sure that people are held accountable on camera. Because mm-hmm. what you two guys know that I'm sure you can uh, attest to by watching the TV reality shows are you can tell when someone's phoning it in. Yes. You can tell when some Dr. Jen off of OC. You can tell when someone <laughs> is um, using the show to promote their businesses. Lisa Vanderpump. So you, 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 you can tell when certain things are happening. But what I am so good at is making sure that these real people are having real conversations that are meaningful. Because one thing I always tell them is there's millions of people who want this job. Mm-hmm. The reason why you have it is because your real life is interesting. And the only thing that I'm asking for is to be honest about what you're going through, what you're saying behind this person's back, how you feel about this person, because that is the secret ingredient in making a great show. And so how do you do that? If someone's self-producing like really hardcore, how do you kind of like sort of like break them? If they've set themselves on like a, a rail, like this is what I'm going to do this season, or this is, I'm going to whip up this drama, or I'm going to just talk about my business. How do you sort of like derail them so that they're kind of like, they can, they drop the self-production and are, and are being real. I call them out and I don't film with them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Penalize them. Yeah, no, wait, what, what, what are we doing? Uh, no, that's not, that's not true. It's time for a commercial. It's time for a Crappens commercial. Well, the funniest thing that I, I used to get working on, on the other shows was when they would say to me, this is my real life you're talking about. That's off limits. Oh, yeah, I can't stand that. Well, that's a huge thing. And that's funny because that's exactly the problem that Real Housewives of New Jersey has had for a long time. And you were Beverly the Hills. first. Uh, well, yeah, but just just because Jersey, we just watched Jersey for today's show. And well, first of all, you work with Oprah. You work currently work with Oprah. Do you think that Louis is comparable to Oprah? What say you? <laughs> About that part of the reunion. <laughs> That's the best question I've been asked this month. And we're only four days in. I love it. Um, I Listen, I watched Jersey last night. I thought it was a fantastic reunion. So good. Oh, I can talk about Jersey. I feel like Jersey is back. So that makes me happy. Because mm-hmm. for a long time, I was like, what happened to my show? But I'm happy it's back. <laughs> Hearing Louie be compared to I don't know. Like, Where did you I, come up with that? And like I the spectrum, agree. caveman to Oprah. What's that spectrum? That's so strange. I was like, <laughs> this doesn't make the most sense to me, but hey. I, and Teresa, of course, eyes lit up like, yes, <laughs> yes. exactly. I love Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's like, no, Teresa, baby. No, we're not going to share Louis to Oprah Winfrey. No. Philanthropist. One of the uh, problems with with Teresa and kind of this show is Teresa's whole, you can't talk about that. Like, we agreed to not talk about this on TV. This whole Louis thing. You know, she knows that the rumors were out there, but her problem with Marge is bringing it up on TV. And that's something that comes up a lot in these shows. But how much do you think it hurts that show? Oh, it hurts it tremendously. The one thing that I always tell people, and when I say people, I mean the reality stars, is that the show is only going to be good as you put the effort into it. I tell them all the time, I will always get another job. Um, My (laughs) team will always get another job. You will not more than likely get another job as reality star on another right. show. Mm-hmm. So if you're not giving the best to the show, the show either gets canceled or you get fired. And when that happens, you don't have a job anymore. And is it all worth it? So for me, I, I can't stomach when someone thinks they're bigger than the show or yeah. when, they, when they think that they know better than a producer. And again, we're there because we know best and we're a team. I can't have a successful season without my cast giving their best. And my cast can't have a successful season without the producers giving their best. We're a team in this. And it frustrates producers when we have talent who say things are off limits. I think it's the most oxymoronic thing to say to me this is my real life. It's off limits. Then, girl, what is on limits? Because it's yeah. been, like I, I'm confused. I often feel that way about Beverly Hills, which is coming back next week. I often feel like sometimes you feel like there's there's shit that the women are protecting, or they're not really going deep into, and they keep it sort of surfacey. Uh, do you feel that way about Beverly Hills too, or is that just something that like the two of us are kind of like we we ping on our radars? No, I feel the same way. And listen, I love Beverly Hills. I think Beverly yeah. Hills is, is one of the top three best housewives on currently. Um, but I think the reason why it's having its glory days now is the fact that we're now getting the scandals that normally would have been swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. I remember the days Adrian Maloof left the show and did not show up to a reunion because of a scandal involving what Brandy said about her children. Yes. Again, I think kids are off limits for sure, especially kids under the age of 18. If you're pulling someone's hair like Ashley did Danielle, then you're on limits. But yes. if you're if you're under the age of 10, you're off limits. But I say that to say we never got a chance to hear the dialogue. And I think that was a disservice to the show. Beverly Hills coasted to me for a long time because they weren't giving you anything real. And they, they had a couple of seasons I didn't watch or watch the entire B of the season. But the Erica Jane scandal, Dorit was happening with her getting robbed, which is, which is so sad. Um, those are the things that we as the audience wants to know. Denise fucking Richards. Like, mm-hmm. I miss Denise Richards. I miss Aaron. I love it when a husband is in the women's business. Sorry, <laughs> Teresa. Yeah. I like Bish like Boy Joe. I love it. But, do you think, uh, oh, sorry. Do you think other shows, yeah, do, do you think other shows um, get kind of 
uh, sort of like competitive or inspired by other ones. Like Salt Lake City was like deranged and amazing this season. And do others do other casts say, "Oh, we got to pick it up"? Because right now, Salt Lake City is getting all the headlines. One hundred and ten percent. The Housewives are super competitive with each other. If you watch Ultimate Girls Trip season mm-hmm. one, Kyle Richards, who's my all-time favorite housewife, wow, um, I love her. <laughs> I- oh, for crying out loud! Well, it was good talking to you. Okay, <laughs> you slandered Vanderpump, and then you say Kyle is your favorite. I'm out. <laughs> Goodbye, Kyle. I'm out. <laughs> Let me listen. I'm gonna defend myself um, after I make the point because we gotta talk about Kyle Legend Richards. Okay, oh, give me one yes. second. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Wait, I forgot the point. I was about to I'm say. sorry, I'm bad Kyle. About oh, girls trip. Oh. Kyle being competitive. Oh yeah. What a yeah, shocker. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> you got. I love y'all. Okay. <laughs> Kyle made a point to tell the audience. Yeah, I mean, we are the highest rated franchise. You know what I mean? It was like, Kyle, no, I'm going to give you, I'm going <laughs> to give you that girl. But let's be clear, Atlanta had more than ten consecutive years being number yes. one. I love you, sis, but beat that record first before you brag about it. <laughs> so again, and she didn't beat it. She did not beat it. They beat it for like one episode, but that Atlanta is still the highest rated for their last season exactly. compared to Beverly Hills. So thank exactly. you, Kyle. <laughs> But, but listen, now to defend Kyle, because I love her. I'm going to tell you why I love Kyle, who is the longest-running OG on Beverly Hills. Thank you very much. Because she is this. She is truly the glue to that show because she... I, I've never seen this in my lifetime in Atlanta or New Jersey. She is the only housewife who's able to sit amongst these women and befriend all of them, but also throw them under the bus. <laughs> yes. And, and ho- like the way she threw Sutton under the bus oh. at Kathy Hilson's dinner. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what you said, actually. Always. I, or when she, when she tells Erica, no, you are wrong. Like, I think she does this. She sits back. She looks around, she stirs the pot, and before yes. it gets hot, she sits back and gives you big reaction shots. Yes, yes, we totally were noticing that. That's all we talk about is her <laughs> stupid fucking reaction shots. But also, you know, she a big part of that that you're missing, or that you're leaving out at least, is that she makes them do, like she does, like you said earlier, you can't make anybody do anything, right? But her whole thing against Vanderpump was how she manipulates every little storyline. But since Vanderpump left, you really see it's Kyle who does it. I mean, and it's so easy because these women are such ding-dongs on Beverly Hills, especially. <laughs> I mean, she really gets them to open up, and then she just completely tries to ruin them in the next Yeah. Second. You know, it's and so I used to, frustrating. I it's genius. I used to be like a reluctant <laughs> fan of 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 Kyle. I used to be like, she's you know, she's flawed, but I but I but I there's something about her that I like. And then somewhere I started to like hate her. And last season I started to emerge a little bit where I was like, you know what, like watching Kyle do this bullshit is actually hilarious. It was like I had like a little bit of a breakthrough last season where I was like, wait a second. She is so ridiculous because she does throw everyone under. And then she's like, oh, my God, I just feel so bad. 
I feel so bad. Like, that should be your tagline. She always, she does this thing that makes me crazy. And I think it's because, like, I have a little sister. So growing up, my little sister would pull this shit. Like, if she starts anything, she'd be like, but it hurt my feelings. Always. You know, it's like, okay, you win because you're a girl and it hurt your feelings. And Kyle does that. I just heard Kyle, I heard a clip of Kyle on Teddy and Tamara's podcast, you know, when they all went on there. I did too. And Garcelle had gone on, um, what was it that Garcelle went on? Andy Cohen show. Yes. Say the and story. Andy said, uh-huh. is it, he's like, okay, Garcelle, would it be fair to say that you are closer with Kathy Hilton right now than Kyle? And Garcelle's like, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so then they make, of course, Teddy is just like pissing herself to make a huge deal about this, right? So yeah. she gets Kyle on. She's like, how dare she bring up children and then say this about your sister? And Kyle, this is Kyle's answer. She goes, <laughs> she goes, well, you know, I was cooking dinner on Passover for my family. It was Passover. <laughs> That's why I remember it, because it was Passover. I just got Philip and... Roof playing in the background. <laughs> yes, yes. And oh I heard that, and I just stopped cooking dinner, Passover dinner for my family. And I stopped, and I, um, I just cried. I just cried. <laughs> That I'm Seder became over. a sadder. Yeah. Yes. And, Mauricio, <laughs> and Mauricio was like, Kyle, come come eat. And I couldn't finish dinner because I was too busy crying. The matzo balls were not formed. The you horseradish attacked, was on ground. You attacked a Jewish woman on a holy day and made her cry. I was today, like, really? Today crying. we learned of the 11th plague. You know, she is so... You know what I want? So here's the thing with Kyle. I want a return to season one, Kyle, because Kyle season one was like a little unhinged the way she would like see red and she would just go after Camille. You're such a fucking liar, Camille. And like all the time that fight with with Kim, I mean, she like Kyle has like a temper. And I feel like for many seasons, she sort of like just kept it in like, oh, guys, no. And I'm like, (laughs) Kyle, all I want is bitch Kyle. Yeah, no, but but no, I'm going to tell you what it is. That's a very good point. It also goes to show you who she really cares about. She's only going to show that side when it comes to Kathy and and Kim, because it's this history of sisters. They love each other. They also hate each other. They're also very competitive. But yeah. when it comes to the other women, listen, her friendship with Teddy, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like her friendship with Dorit, please. Her friendship with Brenda and Erica Jane, give oh. me a break now, Carter. So my thing is... <laughs> vacuum a fish up. Okay, okay. vacuum a fish from the tank. Please, bye-bye. Don't eat so no rinse. The only bitch Kyle you're going to see if it's something directly affects her personal relationships with her sisters. And that's mm. why with Brandy legend Glanville, the most genius thing she did was the friend Kim Richards. <laughs> that made Kyle so mad. And, yeah. and to me, Kyle's best season was when Brandy and her went toe-to-toe. And yeah, Kyle those were good. literally did not know what to do with it. It was a tailspin. It was a whirlwind. It was crazy. She, yeah. Brand, Brand, she hated Brandy Glanville until conveniently... You know, Brandy Glanville never tells that, never lies. She always tells the truth, Denise. And in the words of Kyle, that's indefensible, Kyle. I could not defend you when you said that. That yeah. was bullshit. That was an excuse because you wanted to make good TV at Denise fucking Richard's expense. 
Yeah. Wait, can we talk about Atlanta? I'm sorry, Ryan. Did you want to ask a question on this? No, before? go ahead. Go ahead. I was because I because the Atlanta premiere just happened, and and I I don't want to like I don't want to not talk about Atlanta before we have to wrap up. So, um, what did you think about the premiere? Like, how how did you feel about it? Tell us everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me clear my throat okay um i enjoyed the premiere i felt like it was a new atlanta and one thing i told my audience and even the producers of the show who are my friends i said the best thing you can do for that franchise is make the show as good as you can and not focus on the glory days of Atlanta because those days are gone. Yeah. The show, the, the heyday of Nene and Kim and Sheree and Portia and like, and Phaedra, those days are gone and it's never going to be what it was. <laughs> and I encourage them to work with the people you have and make the show great. And I felt like the first episode was the first premiere in a long time that felt like, okay, this could be something interesting this season with Marlo having a peach, Jeray is back, Kenya isn't the villain. Um, well, well, at least in the first episode, she no, was there. Oh, she'll yeah. be back. She'll be back. <laughs> Rich, Don't you, Rich, you know, I love I'm Kenya. Always, I love Kenya. <laughs> I love her. And then you have the, you got Sonya and Drew, which, you know, the jury is still out on those two. But I appreciated that it felt different and it made me have hope that this will be a great season. Yeah, we were both really, really enthusiastic about it. Like, it, it felt like there was an X factor that was there for the first time in many years. I feel like it's been so long since I came out of an Atlanta premiere where I was like, oh my God, that was great. Like the energy was right. Yeah. I was saying, I think it was actually pretty good to get rid of Cynthia and Portia and just like sort of get a new energy in there. And, and Ryan and I were both saying like, we're like, why did they bring Drew Sedora back? And then when we watched, we're like, oh, we get it. Cause she's just like going to yeah. be the punching bag. And it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. She's and, a disaster. And- she is a disaster. <laughs> yeah. And we love a good housewife scammer and Drew coming on with those fake ass before before and after pictures where she yes. didn't lose a damn pound. <laughs> and then in the pictures saying before and after lost 10 pounds and then saying in the scene she lost 25. I mean, and then her husband <laughs> writing a book about being a stepfather, but then threatening to leave the family while he's still in book production. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he needs an assistant to write the book. And then their meal <laughs> plan. He's also a masseuse. Has, yeah. He's also a masseuse. Like he's the massage, not envy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like three three shrimp in that meal plan kit, three shrimp and like in a, a sprig, like a, a parsley. It was just like the saddest, most hilarious scam of all time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, so we all agree that there's a new freshness to it. So, yes, I, I'm very hopeful about this season. Yeah. yeah, I get a little worried sometimes because I see the ads coming up and it looks like not a great season. You know, you can always tell by the ads um, if they have the big fight that they use for the finale that's come, you know, that's played all season. You're yeah. like, oh, I can't wait. But for this one, they'll just show like a little ad that's like candy going. We're good friends. We've always been good friends. And that's the whole ad. And I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. Are you trying to scare the hell out of me? Because it's working. Sure. You know, to be yeah. fair, I I thought Vanderpump Rules had a really great season premiere this season. I was like, it's back. And then it was like, oh, it's not back. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> once yeah, been twice be shy. cautiously optimistic. That's the yeah. Way. 
Yeah, because yeah. we love that show. I mean, that's one of the all-time classics. You know, it's the best one out there. Yeah. But thank you so much for being here. So we can find you on your podcast, Reality with the King. That's Lisa yes. Vanderpump giving your outro. Just because you <laughs> me in this podcast doesn't mean I can't love you, Nicolaine. Please we could all be raindrops. Nicolaine on Nicolaine the Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nicolaine, darling. He's a maestro. <laughs> um, but reality. <laughs> reality with the cake. Congratulations on the new podcast. And also on, on the, all the raindrops you're acquiring yes, yes, <laughs> you've got drops. two more here um oh, I love it's you amazing too. yeah, yeah. And thank you it's come back anytime you, you know and thank you for everything you've given to us you know as audience members we yeah love your work we're you know it's awesome to get to talk to you so thanks for coming on no no and i'll be happy to come back anytime just let me know okay absolutely and if you're in la or in or in austin like give us a ring we'll hang out Yes, I would love that. And we could have some really nice, colorful conversations. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Love that. All right, good talking to you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Ain't no thing like Allison King. Ashley Saboni, she don't take no baloney. Courtney's amazing Shaudel. Dana C. Dana do. She's not just a Sheila, she's a Daniela. Itchels. Aaron McNicholas, she don't miss no trickleus. Ava Nagila Weber. Jamie, she has no less namey. Sip some scotch with Jessica Trotch. Just saying, okay. We McLovin, Karen McClelland. She's always supplying, it's Kelly Ryan. Kristen the Piston Anderson. Let's give a kisserino to Lisa Lino. She's our queen, Marie Levine. Megan Berg, you can't have a burger without the Berg. The Bay Area Betches. Betches. And our super premium sponsors. Always the wiser, it's Allison Weasler. Somebody get us 10 cc's of Betsy MD. We're taking the gold with Brenda Silva. She leaves us in stitches, it's Katherine Taylor. Don't get salty with Christine Pepper. Can't have a meal without the Emily sides. We will, we will, Joanna Rockland, you. My favorite Murdo, Karen McMurdo. Kristen the Ruby Rubano. Let's go on a bender with Lauren Fender. We want to hang with Liz Lang. The incredible edible Matthew sisters. No one makes us feel well like Megan Cap Sewell. She's cheese on a bagel, it's Megan Ragel. Nancy Cease and DeSisto. Give him hell, Miss Noel. Paging Page Mills, Paging Page Mills. Shannon, out of a cannon, Anthony. Let's get racy with Miss Stacy. Let's take off with Tamla Plain. She ain't no shrinking Violet Kuchar. We love you guys.